Galway Bay FM with Ronan Lardner weekdays from noon it's the sound of Galway Hi everyone, thanks very much indeed for joining me today. We're going to have a chat with a gentleman by the name of Aaron Dunahoo who's hitting, let's put it this way, crazy heights at the moment in the film industry. He's a Galway boy and uh, we're very, very proud of him and uh, we're going to have a chat with him today. Aaron, how are you? Are you well? I'm very well, thanks Ronan. And yourself? Not too bad now. Uh, better now for having a chat with you because it's great to see uh, Galway success. Well, first of all, it's great to see Irish success. Secondly, it's great to see yeah. Galway success. Um, so this is brilliant. Uh, tell everybody where you're from. Yeah, so uh, I'm from Lochra, um, about three miles outside the town. Um, but I've been living in Galway for the last maybe 10 plus years, grafting away, doing my college, doing my work and everything inside Galway City. Um, but yeah, Lochra, Lochra, good, strong little town. It's a good, Not strong town. Gone, yeah, and it's a great town as well for, for theatre. As we know, there's a lot of different theatre companies and different drama groups and, you know, talent groups up there, that neck of the woods. And that's where you kind of started out, wasn't it? You, you did kind of youth theatre. Yes, correct. Yeah, so I, I was part of the Lockeray Youth Theatre when I was a kid with Paul and Philip Short, um, which I loved, absolutely loved. And I remember my first little part was on a midsummer or a mid kind of winter kind of show where it was Fiddler on the Roof, um, which was amazing. And uh, I was playing, what was his, what's his name at all? But the father, I can't remember the oh, name Tevye. off the top of my head now. Tevye. And yeah, that's it, right? Yeah. And so he was quite a, he was quite a large guy. And uh, But I, I remember I remember practicing the lines with my mother, like, and I still have that memory till this day. And I was very young and going into the room and doing it. And I remember they're asking us, will you do that again? And I kind of knew then, like, that I don't know, I don't know all right job, but it was funny because he played. He's such a big guy, and I was such a small kid. So like, <laughs> so the mother actually built like this kind of like Neil kind of like a, a suit for me to wear on the stage that would give me that belly and that physicality as well. Like it's quite funny, but they're a great group. Like I really recommend um, Paula and Philip Short. Like for any youth in in around the area, there they can get there and. Uh, get into their drama. It's a really great place to start. Yeah, they are a good bunch. I worked with Philip and Paula years ago as well in different musical uh, theatre groups and I have to say their talent is endless. Let's just put it that way. It really is endless. They're a good bunch and lovely to work with as well. Then obviously you went to national school. What was your national school? Uh, so I went to St. Brendan's National School in Lochre, um, which it was an all-boys school. Um which I, at times it was great, and other times not so great. Like um, I feel, I feel like if you if you weren't that hurler, if you weren't, um, which I was, I was quite a good hurler to be fair. Like, um, in fact, my father started the underage hurling because um, there was no underage hurling in Lockray at the time for the likes of me to play, and he started that. I loved it. I loved the hurling, and then I found when he left, I kind of fell out of love with the hurling. And so do, so do people with me in a sense. And uh, I love my drama. I love playing soccer. And I kind of got a bit of a bullying, like a bit of a tease and a bit of a slagging for doing the drama. And then kind of stopped. And but put no more, on the back burner for years and years. Yeah, funny that you mentioned that. You know, even with Irish dancing and stuff like that, there was a stigma behind that with kind of like, oh, look at your man is dreaming. God help us, he's dreaming, you know. Um, but the thing about it is, thankfully, you know, people have become an awful lot more kind of, I suppose, you know, global about things and a little bit more respectful and a bit more accepting of things. And uh, that's where you, where you led to because you wanted to be James Bond, if I'm not really mistaken. 
Oh, so bad. <laughs> so I used to watch Pierce Brosnan as a kid and I was like, oh, I want to be James Bond. That was like, that was really what made me want to do acting more so. And like just thinking about it, like seeing all those car scenes, all those beautiful women, <laughs> oh, stuff. Like uh, it, I was like, yeah, I want to be James Bond someday. I could do that. Um, yeah. yeah, it's like, yeah, I could do that. Yeah. And I, I won't lie. I, I still dream of that. Um Absolutely. I still like, like dreams aren't just for when you're asleep, Ronan, you know right, yourself, sure. like, um, so I still dream of being James Bond someday. Um, maybe not as much as I did as a kid, um, but definitely I wouldn't write it off for in a couple of years. Well, let's put it this way. Stronger and whatnot, like, um, yeah, well, the job, is, the job is open. Uh, let's be honest with you, the job is open. It's it's there. So look, at that's a good thing. Let's move on. First of all, then, obviously you went into secondary school. Where did you do your secondary schooling? Yeah, so I went to St. Rayfield's yeah. um, in Lockeray, um, which was it was another great school, but um, I kind of, I wasn't really a great pupil, we'd say. Um, I, spent, I spent a lot of the time in detentions, lunchtime, after school detentions. I spent a lot of time dusting off class and a lot of times sitting in the back of class with a head against the, the lovely warm radiator, daydreaming, <laughs> looking out the window. Um, yeah, yeah, that was, <laughs> I, like, that was my school run. <laughs> but then again, I suppose you had a, you know, you had a longer plan. Uh, you knew what you wanted to do. You knew where your heart was, let's put it this way. So obviously you moved from there and then you went working and you got a lovely job in Tesco here in Galway. Tell us about that. It, Tesco, Tesco was so, so good for me. I started with Tesco in 15th March, 2015. Um, and it was a life changer. It really, really was. A good friend of mine, Sean White, got me in the door. Um, I said going in the door that I'd be a manager within a year. Uh, 11 months came in, I was moved to the Tesco Express where I was a manager. Um, and then I kind of worked hard. Like a lot of people, like you just work hard, you put the head down, you work hard. Um, and I had that personality for customer service. I loved I loved it. I loved chatting to all sorts of people. Um, worked hard. And yeah, and they were just so they were so good to me. When when I turned around and said, Yeah, this is not what I want to do, they were super supportive. I like I, I don't know if you get that in many other places. And from that day when I told them I wanted to go to college, super supportive. Um I had a manager, Faye Orr, she's a Donegal girl. Um, if I needed time off. Yes, sir. No problem. She'd make it work for me. And a lot with the, some of the other managers as well, they'd make it work for me and they'd encourage me. Um, they wanted me to go down this road. They knew that I felt passionate about this and they wanted me to chase my dream. Um, and the people, I nearly get emotional thinking about the times I spent with them because the people are really good, good people. Oh, that's um, fantastic. All the we had fantastic, fantastic times. A lot of them were like mothers and fathers, brothers and sisters. Um, they were really super. That's really good. And that's a lovely memory to have from an early working experience. You know, it really is. But they knew your heart wasn't there, even though you loved doing what you were doing. You wanted to move on. You started doing shorts uh, and bits and pieces, obviously unpaid work until things started to change. So let's talk about the change, first of all, when... The Banshees of Inishirn came, if you want to call it, came calling or you auditioned for it. Tell us about how that came about. Um, David, David Kennedy, West Coast Casting, and Marae from West Coast Casting. Um, so I started college in 2017. And uh, so I started studying acting, 
new West Coast casting was the thing in Galway. Went to an open casting, you get your photo done, so forth, in 2017 run. And uh, from there, I kind of went on and done a bit of extra work. So the first time I was actually on a film set was an extra bit of extra work in Cam Horses with Barry Keown. Oh, brilliant. And yeah, it was super. And, you know, we were in this like real house party scene um, where all these great actors are. And Maria and David from West Coast Casting got me in on this. Um, and like from there, done a bit more extra work, bit more extra work. And then I realized like, I don't know, I don't really want to be an extra. <laughs> Do you know, that's, that's, that's not what I want. I want to be that actor. I want to be the main guy. And Mairead and David from West Coast Casting, they could see that I had something um, and they believed in me. So then they got me bit bigger pieces, bit bigger pieces. And then they called me then. I actually done a film a couple of years ago as a stand-in for Breen Gleeson on a film called Death of a Ladies Man with Gabriel Byrne in Galway. That was filmed. Um, and then I suppose they kind of knew they got me for that. He done a good job. And then a couple of years later, Banshee of Inishina comes along. Aaron, same height. He's got the ginger hair. He's got the personality, I suppose, and he <laughs> works hard. And went for an interview for that. And yeah, and the dream started coming even more. Fantastic. Going out to Inishmore for six weeks and Michael for another five or six weeks as well. That's really good. And in all fairness, you know, you were doing your bit of networking. You were building relationships with people, Barry Keohan, obviously, and all these guys and your casting agents. And that is worth its weight in gold to be there and to be personable. And they know that you're easy to work with because you can work with any actor to a certain extent, but an actor with a personality is a dream to work with, as we know from doing theatrical events outside of film. Um, so look, at the, you were you were on the tip of their tongue pretty much. Then you were on set, obviously doing your bits and pieces, uh, Brendan Gleeson, Colin Farrell, Barry Keoghan and co. And then you got a really lovely compliment from Martin McDonough. That uh, was the icing on the cake, so, wasn't so, it? Oh, oh my God. Lovely, like, great. Like. So the crack there was like, so I'm hired to be a stand-in for Brendan Gleeson. So watch Brendan Gleeson. When he steps off, you do what he does while all the lights and the cameras all set up. And Brendan wasn't, he wasn't on the first two or three days. So I was just being, I was used as a training assistant director and not as a stand-in. So I was, but Colin Farrell stand-in um, was there and everything. He got to do bits like, and I was just mad to go. I just wanted to do like, you know, like, it's like, oh, come on. I want to, I want, I want the camera to look at me. I want, I want, I want to have a Swing bit of fun. It my way. my playtime, you know? Um, but <laughs> so then the time came and it done it. And it was, it was quite, it was quite a simple walk. I had his jacket. You walk up and it's that famous scene where he's throwing, you know, the fingers at the door yeah, in the banshee yeah. in his ear. Um, so kind of doing that. And he, he just came up and goes, yeah, you're a good actor. And Lovely. Like you said, icing on the cake. Like, who, 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 who doesn't, like, how could you not be buzzing off that? Martin McDonough is after telling you, you're a good actor. Yeah, that's um, fantastic. Martin yeah. McDonough is just an absolute and utter genius of the highest order. Whether it's stage or screen, it matters not. The man just turns everything to gold. Let's just be honest. Um, he has that wonderful ability and we're delighted with that. Now, obviously you've gone on from, from there again to uh, I Found a Place there with Zoe Gibney. Um, this is another movie that you're you're currently in. Mm. Mm. So that, that's great. Like Zoe, like it just shows as well, like I met Zoe on the Banshee of Inishirin. Um, and then it was years later, then she was making her debut film 
and she had this character and she had me in mind for that character, um, which I found extremely humble and I thought it was amazing that somebody you met years ago and that you did get on with and then they're writing something and they're debuting something and then they have you in mind for that. She went, ah, that that's the dream as well. Do you yeah. know, that's like, it's all coming full circle. Um, like these decisions you make years ago come into play years later. And with this specific uh, film, it's a short film funded by Virgin Media um, with Breen Gleeson in it. So I got to share this. I got to share a really good scene with Breen Gleeson, quite emotional scene. And as she said yesterday, it's a very important beat of the film. Mm. Um, and they're all really looking forward to releasing it. That's really cool. And let's move on from that again, because I won't keep you. I know you're busy out. Um, then the World War movie. We're talking Hollywood stuff here. This is this is the big gig. Tell me about that. This is this is definitely the one that is like when it gets released, it could definitely help me in the future. Um, massively. Um, this run and I, I went about this in the roundabout way. Um I got on as a stand-in, thanks to David from West Coast Casting. And a lot of ADs have a different way of operating stuff. And uh, there was a Pacific AD and he was sending me off in lock-off down the road and I was nowhere near the set. And I was kind of, I won't lie, Ronan, I was kind of getting a bit like, oh, I'm better than this. Like, do you know this kind of crack? Like, <laughs> I'm from Lockerie, um, what do you have? <laughs> yeah, like, I knew, I knew I had more to give than to yeah. be send it off down the road like um i'd make teas and coffees all day long no bother but sending down down the road and standing there for ages by myself not seeing nothing happen i was, I was kind of getting a bit frustrated and um i kind of voiced it a small bit and then david from west coast casting who is like he bring them up he's super he great he ground you fairly quick like um which is great and then it came to the last day running I was like, David, just dress me up. I'll be an extra, anything. So dressed up as an extra, wearing this Nazi uniform, this original airport police Nazi uniform um, that came flew in, that came from Berlin, which is worth like 10,000 euros. Um, pretty crazy. And I got to the set anyways that day, and the scene was a load of Jewish people coming off an airplane, and uh, they had hired these people to deliver the dialogue to do this, but for, for whatever reason, they just weren't. Um, I saw that moment. I saw there was a moment there for me to show what I have. All these feelings that I've had, put them on the table here and now. And that's exactly what I did. And then it turns out then they lined up a new shot that wasn't planned. Todd Kamernicki was coming over, giving me a bit more direction. Aaron, that was great. What? Right, okay, will you do this for me? Yeah, absolutely, Todd micing me up, lining up new shots for this. Um, it was quite amazing then, because like when you finish that, that was the very last day of the film. And for me, it was like showing what I have, believing what I have, and bringing it to that table. And um, coming away from that, it was a great sense of like, yeah, go on the kid. Good on the kid is right. Absolutely. Look at where as proud as punch you. That is out, if I'm not clear mistaken, is it November of this year? There's talks of that coming out. November of this year. It has been delayed. Um, What's the name of the movie? Reason, Sorry. Yeah, November what? this year. Bonhoeffer is the Bonhoeffer, name that's it, yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. Well, look, at. I just want to say a massive congratulations. It's a real success story and uh, we're very proud of you. 
And uh, I was delighted when I, I spotted on social media uh, during the week there, the interview that was there. And I kind of went, you know, I need to grab a hold of Aaron and have a proper chat with him uh, and, and, and wish you the best from all the crew here in the radio station. And uh, when your name is open lights, and it will be, uh, no doubt, um, look, at, we, we'd love to uh, maybe take a chill pill with you sometime and, and, and have a coffee and another chat to see the next progression in Aaron Dunahoo's journey. It's absolutely Ron and thanks for your time thanks Not for bringing me on and absolutely I look forward to that like um, just as long as I stay humble stay focused yeah. stay grounded no, there's no, there's no reason why it won't happen. Exactly, and follow your dreams, as you said in that interview as well that I was reading. You know, to follow your dreams, always, always believe in yourself and know that it's there for you. You just need to grasp it. Yeah, you got to dream, you got to believe, and you got to achieve. You Good know, man. well, that's what you have done, and you will continue to do. Mm-hmm. And the graft that you're putting in is obviously uh, the fruits of your labour is working. So look at. Aaron, thank you very much indeed. Our thoughts with all the gang up there in Loch Ray, up your, ne- up your neck of the woods. Thanks a lot for that. And uh, we'll talk to you very, very soon or see you on screen, whichever. Absolutely, Ronan. Take care. Galway Bay FM. With Ronan Lardner. Weekdays from noon. It's the sound of Galway.